This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by Weinerman Pain and Wellness, serious doctors for serious injuries, and powered by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Stern, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. It's Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210. WPHT, we begin our live broadcast tonight here in the city of brotherly love with chaos in London as panic and fear on a Saturday night from an apparent terrorist attack plays out and unfolds. Stay tuned at the top of the hour with the Dan Loney Show. More uh, on the chaos uh, going on uh, in London. Good evening, everybody, and that's a tough transition, J-Doc, to make from that story into uh, Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor, but uh, glad to bring in and into the big chair uh, and welcome into Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor and Ryan Boyer joining us in the studio tonight. Ryan, uh, welcome in, brother. You're in, you're, you're in different waters tonight, man. How are you? Yes, I'm great. I'm in different waters, but you guys look like you're, you know, you're duck swimming because you have all this food around here. <laughs> You know, and you know, when a guy can't eat, it's hard to be around all this food. But that, I'm, and that's why I'm eating for you tonight, Ryan. Yeah, thank you. Eat for me, Joe. Uh, oh, good stuff. As you know, Ryan, in just a little bit of our show prep uh, leading up to the broadcast and leading into our Saturday night, we always, always begin going back to when we started uh, here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT with Johnny Doc back in February. Uh, we always started with uh, our dinner entree for the show. Well, the, the dinner entrees today is a multiple entree. You can pick. It's a smorgasbord. You have, <laughs> you have the biggest stromboli I've ever seen. It is. It, J-Doc, I, I mean, absolute largest well, what stromboli we have, I've ever seen. What we have tonight is uh, my favorite place in the world, Frank's Pizza, from my home area of East Falls. It's a it's it's a hidden gem in the city of Philadelphia. You're right, Ryan. Biggest stromboli, cheesesteak stromboli ever. And a little shout out to the owner, Joe Strafus, Big Joe, and the and and uh, and Derek Keogh, the whole gang, man. Hey, Unbelievable. Joe, hey, hey, Big Joe at Frank's. Can I let you know? But by the way, Big Joe was 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 um, he's about six foot eight, and when and when um, oh he's really Big when, Joe. Oh yeah, he's not one of those Big Joes that's about five six. Correct. Oh no no no, like like tiny. No, <laughs> yeah. Terrell Owens when he came to Philly, Big Joe was his bodyguard. That's how big Big Joe is. Well, wow. I want to let Big Joe know up at Frank's. First of all, I want to thank Frank's for, uh, as Ryan said, sending in an incredible spread. Woo. Then I want to let everybody know I didn't even get an opportunity to sample uh, the food because <laughs> I'm doing I don't you. eat, J-Doc. You know I don't eat until after the broadcast. Everything wiped out. Good stuff tonight. Well, I want to thank everybody. I'm excited. I mean, it's unbelievable. I don't know how I'm going to through this show tonight. Mm. And we even got you to use a napkin tonight, J-Doc. Look at it. <laughs> because, because it's your first show tonight, Ryan, it's for you and, and because the councilman's here with us. Couldn't be happier, man. Great, great food, man. Unbelievable. All right, that's Frank's Pizza in Jay Doc's neighborhood. If Jay, East Falls, pal. If Jay Doc's in the store when you happen to pop in, uh-huh. uh, say hello to Jay Doc. It's Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor, presented by Weinerman Pain and Wellness. Serious doctors uh, for serious injuries were powered and fueled uh, by Pond Lahaki Stern Giordano, uh, who um, we did that special show with Sam Pond a few weeks ago. That was a great uh, segment or a great one-hour special uh, with Sam Pond, and we thank Sam Pond, by the way, uh, who delivered 
food from the saloon. So uh, we went. We had two different types of uh, appetizers. But all food. top shelf. All top shelf stuff. Frank's in the saloon. Ryan Boyer, uh, the business manager of Labor Districts Council. Ryan, let me give you first before we set the table for uh, the big show. And we are loaded tonight. Uh, let me give you 60 seconds uh, to welcome in uh, the city of Philadelphia uh, to your world. This is a different. Uh, this is a different audience for you. And I want to give you a chance to welcome everybody on board. Yes, this is a, a, a big, a big difference from the audience that I usually talk to. But you know, this is the city of brotherly love and sisterly affection, as my wife would always tell me. Absolutely. And I, I just want to let people know that I'm a lifelong Philadelphian. I love Philadelphia, and I'm passionate about Philadelphia. And I want to uh, just give a. Uh, my prayers goes out to Johnny Doc and his family at the hospital with his wife, Celie. And also my prayer goes out to the family of Amina Young, uh, the former president and CEO of the Pennsylvania Convention Center and current member of the Pennsylvania Gaming Control Board who passed uh, last night. And um, just uh, two great people, Celia Doherty and uh, Amina Young. And, you know, my roots run deep in Philadelphia. I played in that Roxborough Roman game. Did you John, really? Absolutely. Oh, I didn't For know four that. four straight years, I oh, played in the man. Roxborough Roman game. Did you really? Game. Me too. Oh, absolutely. my God. Absolutely, yeah. So, I, you know, I'm a Philadelphian. I love Philadelphia. I'm passionate about uh, ch- cheerleading Philadelphia wherever I go. And I just hope that the listeners are open-minded about my opinions because I am not shy. I believe right. that you have a point of view. You should say your point of view. Absolutely. Well, good stuff. We welcome awesome. Ryan Boyer into the big chair. We welcome him into Talk Radio 1210 WPHT uh, here tonight with his boys. Uh, so we welcome them as well. We welcome your family and we welcome everyone in. Uh, we'll deal with the Dallas stuff oh, yeah. much later on. We won't but, but deal, I, yeah, we so won't we're deal, deal with, with Dallas. Tonight, but we'll deal with and that now I find it now. So I'm a Roman guy. And, and Ryan's a Roxburgh guy. That's our I'm Thanksgiving. Indian. Indian for life, man. And I'm a Cahill like Big yeah, Daddy. Cahill. <laughs> right, what on. is a Cahill like? Yeah. They made it up, you know? <laughs> let me I know. We did. Let I'll me get set, back to you on that one. Let me set the table, Jay Doc, for our big show tonight. Uh, uh, to our left and in studio uh, is City Councilman at large, uh, David O. Uh, and, and David, I am uh, thrilled to be able to say. Uh, as we introduce you and bring you into the big show here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, uh, I'm glad you're here. Uh, welcome to the studio, and uh, welcome, and thanks for coming in. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me on, and uh, believe me, I'm happy to be here, too. I bet you are, and David, let me say this. We couldn't be happier, and if, and if anybody who doesn't know David, he's one of the greatest guys you'll ever meet in your entire life. And let me say this, Dave. I want to thank I want to thank God that you're okay, because let me tell you something. Um, I can't say enough, because I've known David for many years, and and when I found out about it, my wife yelled now and turned the news on. And, of course, you know, uh, just devastation and all those things. And so, David, we're so happy to have you here in the studio for many reasons. David, uh, let me you. ask you, if you will, yeah, sure. um, share with our audience, um, if you could relive the moment, if you can relive uh, what happened uh, for the audience. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, cut me off when I'm taking too long. I mean, basically, I was coming home. It was late. I had come from a meeting. Uh, and, and, and during the day, we had visitors from uh, the Republic of Georgia, and uh, they had also given me a, a little gift bag of uh, tourism books and a bottle of Georgian wine. So I had my, my arms full, my hands full, my shoulders full. And as I was, uh, you know, parking my car, I saw what appeared to be uh, uh, someone passing my car who was a friend of my neighbor. That's what I, my impression uh-huh. was. And so I thought nothing of him. I went to my car, took out my stuff, saw him walk by, seemed like a normal person, nodded at him. And when I closed the back of my SUV and turned around, there he was. 
And uh, he had a completely different expression on his face, like a, a sense of urgency. And so, you know, I was he was saying something I couldn't hear him. I couldn't understand him, and I, I just said, what, what? You know, trying to trying to understand what he was saying. And at some point in time, you know, with intensity, as he was getting more loud, he was saying, uh, the keys, the car, give me the keys, give me the car. And so, you know, I, it didn't occur to me that this was, he he wanted, other than I thought, well, maybe there was an accident, he needed so something was, from me. Yeah. There was some familiarity there, because you've been living in that neighborhood for quite some time. Yeah. And... When I when I heard the neighborhood, I know the neighborhood. I yeah. said, Dave, you know, David is really who he says he is. I mean, I know you from being out, but right. you're a real neighborhood guy. So, how did your family take that? I know you're a tough guy. You've been in the military. You understand hand to hand combat. But how did your family take it? Well, my family, of course, you know, uh, you know, they 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 only saw the blood. They, you know, they were just uh, very very uh, concerned. My wife was very upset and. Uh, you know, just like everybody else, it was a it was a serious matter. I went to the hospital. I was uh, stabbed in the left side, uh, and uh, the blade pierced my diaphragm, and they had to do surgery. And, and, and so there was a lot of concern. But fortunately, as it turned out, you know, I'm fine. Well, your colleagues on city council, particularly uh, President Clark, mm-hmm. took a very strong and courageous stand about the violence epidemic that's going on in Philadelphia, and he said it must stop and people must cooperate with the police. So do you think that your getting stabbed can be the impetus for communities to rise up against these bad actors in our neighborhoods? Well, you know, I hope so in an intelligent manner. It's, it's a, as you know, a very difficult problem. So we want to provide a, a peaceful, safe community, of course, and, and especially for innocent people and, and everybody else. But at the same time, we have been losing an effective battle against uh, curbing violent crime. And so we have to do it in a smart way. David, did, so that happened to you. And if it can happen to a city councilman, you can see that it can happen to anybody. Sure, it can happen to anybody. The experience, and I know it had to be not only shocking, but tell me, does it does it give you a different perspective on because you were a victim? Well, to be honest, it doesn't give me a different perspective. I, I've had that perspective. As uh, Ryan said, I've lived there for uh, uh, 54 years. And I've had other experiences, but but it, it is uh, certainly something that tells me that with all the support that I have right now from the community, it's a good time to focus on on moving forward um, in addressing uh, the underlying issues involving crime, as well as providing uh, safety to our community and a new sense of uh, confidence that people will be safe walking around and living in our city. City Councilman David O. Uh, joining us here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor and Ryan Boyer in the big chair uh, here on a Saturday night as we come to you on Talk Radio uh, 1210 uh, WPHT. Still to come also on the big show, and uh, we'll have Councilman O with us for the entire uh, live broadcast. Uh, Larry Can- uh, Larry Krasner uh, will join us as well, the Democratic candidate, Jay Doc for the DZ- DA's office. Uh, timely conversation we'll have with Larry uh, tonight as we roll on here on Talk Radio 1210. WPHD. Original news stories, podcasts, columns from your favorite hosts, and more. Interact 24-7 at Facebook.com slash 1210WPHD. I won't participate on behalf of ourselves here at Local 98 or the Philadelphia Building Trades in conversations that are purely dominated on social issues that don't affect our jobs. 
kind of like punched me, and and I knew that that's a weird punch. And the way he punched me, I I, I, I said, "You just stabbed me," and 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 he had. And I looked and I saw the uh, the weapon. I mean, you know, my concern is this: he's a guy who stabs first, and then takes. And I just think that's a very dangerous kind of person. Back here live on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor and Ryan Boyer in the big chair on Talk Radio 1210. Uh, WPHD Councilman, City Councilman at Large, Councilman David O, uh, joining J Doc and Krause here in the studio uh, as well. We're presented by Weinerman Pain and Wellness, uh, serious. Uh, doctors uh, for serious injuries, Jay Doc, and glad to be here uh, with Councilman O oh uh, in the studio. You know, I was amazed, uh, David, because when I, when I heard you um, talking about the, the situation, you, you were concerned about the individual when he was, now thank God he's, you know, he's in custody, but right. when, he, when he was not in custody, your concern was for the community. Uh, yes. You know, you said, you know, and I read that in the paper, and I'm like, oh my God. Uh, you know, what, uh, elaborate, please. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, basically, um, my concern is, uh, as I said in the clip, uh, you know, it wasn't a transactional, to me, a transactional crime. Uh, give me your wallet or you're going to get hurt. It was more like I want, I want, I want, and then I stab you and then I take from you. And so my concern was for the community. And, uh, you know, fortunately, you know, he's turned himself in, so he's not hurt. He's in and we'll go through the judicial process now. I mean, that's, that lets us know we have to focus on mental health because a lot of that, that seems like he had some mental health issues. Yeah, there was something definitely challenging about him, yeah. and that's why it was hard for me to even understand, really, what did he want, what he's trying to communicate. And, and before you go into because I know we have a car, what was amazing to me, David, was that you had, you, 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 your quote was, you had no ill will towards the individual. Yeah, I, I truly don't, and, uh, you know, I think it's a good way to be. Okay. We transition out of our conversation with Councilman David O, who will be with us uh, here uh, in the 1210 studios. Uh, we go to the hotline uh, and we welcome in uh, the Democratic candidate uh, for the DA's office. And we welcome Larry Krasner uh, into Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor and Ryan Boyer. Uh, Larry, uh, thanks for joining us on a Saturday night in Philadelphia. How are you, Larry? Thanks I'm for joining good. us. And congratulations on your historic landslide victory with all those candidates, man. That was a landslide, so congratulations. Well, I appreciate those kind words. Larry, so, go ahead, go ahead, Ray. I, I was going to say, Larry, uh, you had a, the historic victory. Uh, you you had a very distinguished career as a civil rights attorney. What do you think your number one challenge is going to be at the district attorney's office? The number one challenge is to change the culture. You know, in every type of government, every type of organization, there come times when things need to change. Doesn't mean the people there are terrible people doesn't mean they weren't trying to do the best they could. But, you know, not everything works out, and there has to be a cultural change within the office so that it goes a different direction. Uh, Larry, um, stay down. How do you do that, Larry, by the way? How do you how do you start that process? You don't change culture uh, overnight. It needs a starting point. What is it, or what will it be? Well, you know, there's a few things. There, there are things that you can do quickly. You can fairly quickly stop seeking death penalty. You can fairly quickly move in the direction uh, against mass incarceration. But in any situation where there is cultural change, you need to make sure that the people who are in supervisory positions share your vision, share your ethics, share your values. Uh, because, you know, in a, an office of 600 people with 300 attorneys, it's not as if the district attorney can be in everybody's files and in everybody's office all the time. So it begins with having the right people in the office at every level. But most importantly, it begins with having the right supervisors and the right structure 
to make sure that we're all moving in the same direction. Uh, right now, now it's, it's Jay Doc. My, my question is, obviously, this is a sensitive time at the DA's office. Uh, uh, morale is not at an all-time high, to say the least. And and um, you have been on the other side of the table, and now you're going to potentially be the top guy. Uh, how are you going to change that morale in, in, in the department? Well, I, you know, I, I understand, and frankly, I feel for a lot of the good people in the DA's office because, um, you know, they're, they're not liars. They're not cheats. They're not people who are on the make and trying to make money on the side in ways that are improper. And unfortunately, some of the revelations about Seth Williams are, are very troubling, and they cause all of them to feel like they have been painted with his brush. So, um, you know, some of the things you do are just very straightforward. You have to do the right thing. I mean, uh, you know, it's what you're supposed to do. You just do what you're supposed to do. You don't take free roofs. You don't take gifts. You don't get free tickets. You don't get free sofas. You don't get free trips and Jaguars. You don't do that stuff. You start with that. You make sure that it is well understood throughout the office that no one does that. You know, you try to make sure that there is no suggestion of impropriety in terms of how cases are handled. There's not favoritism because you're rich. There's not favoritism because you're white. There's not favoritism for any reason. You know, you have to try to be as completely even-handed as possible, and even those do so when you may not realize your own biases. You know, you got to step in early and try to evaluate the biases that do exist in institutions like that. Try to correct them. So, you know, I think when you start off on the right foot like that um, and you set a tone. People start to feel like they are, again, part of something that they believe in. They have someone who's in the top position who is, like them, imperfect, but is going to try to do the right right thing when these issues present. And, Larry, part of the success or failure of the district attorney is the respect or lack thereof that the community has with the police department. So I loved your statement. You said, you know, I met with Richie Ross. He runs the police department, not McNesby. I agree with that. But how do we bring the trust of the police department back to the communities so that we can have some cooperation so we can actually solve some of these heinous crimes out here and actually, you know, make a dent so that we can get the the bad people off the streets and keep the innocent people away from that? Yeah, I think it's a great question. And, and I also think that you're identifying exactly where some of the problems in solving crimes uh, originate. They originate with the fact that there is a division and a separation and a distrust between communities and the officers who are supposed to protect those communities. And I don't say that to say that either the community is all bad or, or the police officers are all bad. I don't believe either one of those things. But there are certain things that have been done, like illegal stop and frisk, that for you know well over a decade has been alienating young African-American men from police officers. And very often the police officers don't even want to do it. You know, It's just people like Rudy Giuliani shoving it down their throats, making them do it. What we find based upon illegal stop and frisk is they only find a gun one out of every 400 times. They only find anything, and anything might just be a little bag of weed. One out of 50 times. So every time you go through this exercise of stopping young men because they're poor and probably black or brown, you're alienating 49 for the one who has something and the one in 400 who has it done. You know, it means that good people in those neighborhoods may not want to become police officers. It means good people in those neighborhoods who've been humiliated and mistreated may not provide that information. Step one is you stop illegal stop and frisk. 
but there are many other levels to this. We need to bring the police closer to these communities. There needs to be a reconciliation. We need to push away the divisions that have existed. And one thing that I believe will help, and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back because I don't really see this as being about me too much, but you know, having a DA who has respect for civil rights and has shown that over his career, uh, it does two things. It gets a lot of votes in the black community, which has been most unfairly affected by violations of civil rights, but it also brings about a little bit of trust where some people in those communities who have viewed the prosecution fairly or unfairly as being completely against them can imagine a world where the prosecution is actually trying to be even-handed and fair, trying to make sure that if somebody gets convicted, that person is also actually the doer and not just the guy who got convicted. So I'm hoping that that will have a little bit of an impact. But look, I'm, my ears are my ears are open. I'm wide open <laughs> to all the good ideas I can get from from clergy and from people in those communities. Well, you know, and I, I say that sincerely from activists, from community leaders, from block captains. I want to hear what all of them have to say, and I want to help get it done. Larry Krasner, the Democratic candidate for the DA's office, joining us here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor and Ryan Boyer in the big chair, along with Jay Duck, also. Uh, Councilman David O uh, joining us here uh, in the studio. Uh, Larry, we're going to take a short commercial break. We hope that you can stay with us uh, and join us for uh, one more block coming out of the commercial break. We'll continue our conversation uh, with Larry Krasner back here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. I believe there's room, okay, for the national building trades, the local building trades that have partnerships with the Trump administration as it pertains to energy, as it pertains to infrastructure, as it pertains to the undocumented worker. Presented by Weinerman Pain and Wellness, serious doctors for serious injuries, powered by Pond Lahaki Stern and Giordano. Welcome back. The Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor and Ryan Boyer in the big chair as we broadcast to you live on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We do do the broadcast here live in Philadelphia uh, with a heavy heart as we watch for the details about the panic and fear uh, unfolding on uh, this Saturday night. Uh, that chaos over on London, an apparent terrorist attack. Uh, more coming up at the top of the hour uh, when Dan Loney takes over from 8 to 11 right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. So, Larry, thank you for staying with us through the break. Uh, and we're going to bring uh, uh, David O into the conversation. But first, I would like to ask you a question. Uh, what could you do to alleviate some of the concern that victims groups had that you've never been a prosecutor before and that maybe you may not have sufficient concern for victims of crime? And I think this is a great time to bring David in, being a current victim of crime. But what could you say to those groups, uh, Larry? Well, um, you know, while a lot of my work is well-known, what's less well-known is the victims I have represented and I have represented for many years. And so as I have conversations with these victims' groups, once they know that, frankly, they have a very different view of it. I mean, for example, right now, uh, my law firm is representing a young girl who is a victim of rape. And while the prosecutor got some years against an older male relative who did this to her, they didn't take care of her in terms of preventing him from trying to quickly sell his house and disperse the money among other family members so that she wouldn't have it available for her treatment. Um, prosecutor did not protect her in that regard, but my law firm did, okay? And that is not an isolated incident. 
We have protected victims of uh, sexual harassment. I personally represented some corrections officers in Philadelphia County who were sexually harassed and pretty seriously on the job. I've gone to court representing victims when they felt like they weren't going to get fair treatment in other situations involving uh, sexual harassment and sexual offense crimes because the perpetrator was actually familiar with a lot of judges and successfully represented them there. So I do actually have a very long record of representing uh, victims. I have been a victim myself. I was uh, cut across the head with a blade I never saw. Uh, Probably not seriously as Councilman Oak. Well, the councilman uh, is here now, and and I think that the councilman, this is a great time to ask the question, councilman, you know, that you want to ask. Go ahead. Well, let me say, first of all, I do know Larry, and uh, we've I've referred cases to him. I have a lot of respect for him. Uh, so it's good to talk to you, Larry. Good to talk to you, too, Councilman. All right. And so, you know, you know, everyone knows that I'm a former prosecutor. And, and, and so let me ask you this, that, uh, you know, as you take, um, you know, as you go into the general election and as you uh, move forward into uh, presenting to the voters how you're going to run the office, the office itself, um, in terms of what its function is, which is to prosecute, uh, and, and not to persecute, but to prosecute, how will you uh, ensure that you have the, the level of uh, capable, uh, enthusiastic, energetic um, prosecutors that basically make up that office and serve the public? Well, um First of all, there's already a steady stream of people who are ex-prosecutors, and some of them very experienced uh, in New York and Philadelphia and elsewhere, but who have been out in private practice for some period of time. They've been on both sides of this coin. Some of them are incredibly qualified, um, but they also share a vision of a world where you make sure innocent people don't sit in the jail cell for 25 years while the guilty one goes free because the emphasis was on convictions, not on getting it right. So you have those folks. You also have something which, frankly, doesn't surprise me, but it surprises a lot of people, which is that there's national interest in this particular race because it is unusual to have a truly progressive uh, attorney with a civil rights background taking over prosecutor's office. So there is also a pretty steady stream of interest coming from uh, you know mid-career professionals in other cities now. So we're going to have a tremendous pool of talent. I mean, I even received an email from the, the woman – African-American woman who is the first African-American editor of the Harvard Law Review in its history, you know, Mm -hmm. someone who could could well be another Barack Obama, could well be on the United States Supreme Court, but she's emailing me, and she's emailing me to to support what's happening down here. So we're going to have a tremendous pool of talent to pull from, people who are incredibly capable but didn't want to work in the DA's office with that old culture, are very interested in working in the DA's office with the new culture. I think that'll be a big part of it, uh, Councilman. Larry, um, I have a question for you about your relationship with the police. We started off talking about, um, uh, you know, uh, 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 we, we started off talking about it a little bit, but uh, you know, after your after your um, landslide victory, you know, there were some supporters that were blank, blank, blank the FOP, and that caused a lot of issues. And 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 uh, we know who the chief of police is, but John McNesby does represent a lot of individuals that that, that support him. And so about half the department, right? And so the my, other half don't like them. Okay, but my point is, half the departments out there, uh, you know, in in, in the face and, and fighting crime. And my point is, um, they work directly with the DA's office. How how are you going to um, address that situation so everybody's on the same team? Well, I don't, you know, based upon the meeting that uh, John McNesby had with me 
and with um, Congressman Brady a couple of days ago, I don't really think there is a problem. So there was, there was a fair amount of misunderstanding on the part of the FOP, and I'm not blaming them, but it was misunderstanding about what actually happened. What actually happened is a few people, when I was not even in the building at this victory party, chanted uh, F the FOP, and there was another chant, which, if I recall correctly, was something uh, about how there's no good cops in a racist system or something like that. Those people were approached by my campaign employees and volunteers who asked them to stop, okay? None of those people chanting, by the way, were members of Black Lives Matter, all of whom didn't chant at all, except when everyone was chanting, this is what democracy looks like after the victory was, was final. Um, that's what really happened, and that is something that uh, the FOP and McNesby know now. Uh, John McNesby made it very clear to me when we met a couple of days ago that uh, he thinks that police should be accountable, just like everybody else, that he does not condone bad police behavior, and that he wants to move forward in a positive and constructive way. And I agree with him on those points. Well, that's great. Uh, that's great to hear. Uh, you know, not all things about that district attorney's office was bad. And one of the things that Seth implemented was the community liaisons that came out to the communities and kind of, you know, made relationships in the communities for the DA's office. Will that be an approach that you would try to replicate or keep some of the good stuff that was already there, like uh, neighborhood-based prosecutions and things of that nature? Well, um, you know, first of all, I do think that Sethling did several good things in the office. I've never taken the position that in all aspects he was somehow a bad guy or he was bad at what he did. I consider him, aside from the issues involving his indictment, I consider him to be a big improvement over Lynn Abraham. I'd like to be a bigger improvement if possible. So I, I'm not someone who subscribes to the notion that everything there is bad. I've never said that. I do think that the zone system of prosecution is mostly good um, and that it can be improved, but I think that, that was a good idea because it tends to build in relationships and intelligence uh, about particular areas of the city with the same prosecutors and the same detectives. So, for example, when you start to see one block going to war against another block or one gang going to war against another gang, it's easier to pick up on that reality and try to do things to intervene to stop that, that cycle which goes on. I do think that that's, that's some good stuff. In terms of the relationship with the community, I think that's extremely important. This is a society that wants transparency. They want their transparency on the Internet so they can see that you are actually doing what you said you were going to do with cases. And, I mean, they want statistics on that. But they also want outreach, and they want connection, and they want the ability to, to have a connection to the DA's office. I think that's essential. I intend to do everything I can to make sure that continues. Well, Larry, I really appreciate you for calling in and uh, interrupting your Saturday night to call in on my maiden show. And I, I thank you, and I wish you the best of luck because this city needs it. We need a DA that's uh, really doing a great job and really fair for everyone, and I think that you might be that person. Thank you, Larry. Appreciate thank you. you. That's Larry Krasner, Democratic candidate for the DA's office, joining us here live on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210, uh, WPHD Councilman David O. Before we go to break, I'll give you uh, 45 seconds uh, just as a follow or a comment or an exclamation point or a thought uh, on the words of Larry Krasner. Well, you know, my perspective is, is that democracy is a great thing, and especially when you have different perspectives coming to it. I mean... Uh, we had different ideas in the Democratic primary, and now we are going to have some different ideas as we go into the general. Uh, Larry Krasner has presented a interesting, uh, progressive point of view. Um, certainly, you know, he's going to rely on a lot of uh, 
new ideas. Um, and then we're going to have Beth Grossman, who's a Republican. She uh, also served in the DA's office, and she's going to come in and uh, present some ideas that are more traditional, I think. But she's also challenged on how to be effective. And ultimately, the voters are going to have a chance to decide how they're going to see their community protected and made safe. All right. Good stuff. Well said. And a thanks, a special thanks to Larry Krasner uh, for being a part of the big show here on Saturday Night Live on Philly Labor. Don't go anywhere. Don't, uh, don't leave us uh, yet on this Saturday night as uh, Councilman, City Councilman at Large David O will stay with us. We'll continue our conversation uh, with him. We'll continue uh, with a heavy heart. Uh, for all of the chaos that's happening in London right now. Uh, and again, a special thanks, J-Doc, uh, to Frank's Pizza. Absolutely. In East Falls, I baby. Am Unbelievable. Big, Big Joe. My nothing favorite. left in the studio. <laughs> how, 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 did, how does Big it happen? Big Joe is all gone. It's evaporated, Big Joe. <laughs> I didn't Big, get anything, J-Doc. Before it even came oh, no. in the door. <laughs> <laughs> we roll in the commercial break. Back after this. Fearlessly leading conservatives. Weekdays, noon till 3. On Talk Radio 1210. I've been coming out of step with them guys, okay? And I was a treasurer to the Democratic Party. You know, I've been a loyal Democrat my whole life. But I've told people, and it hasn't just, like I told you, it just didn't resonate with this election. If you look at the last few years, I've been telling people we have to become a little bit more individual. We have to be more of our own brand. Mm -hmm. We have to do a better job of becoming a business. The labor movement is the firewall uh, between total greed in this country and having a decent middle class. Back here live on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor and Ryan Boyer in the big chair here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, presented by Weinerman Pain and Wellness, serious doctors uh, for serious injuries. What is the difference between a Stromboli and a Calzone? Go to Frank's Pizza. And you'll, get out, the, and you'll get the answer, right, Jay Doc? Absolutely. Great you, stuff you Get there before me because there won't be any left. <laughs> uh, let me say this. I, You know, it was cool listening to the, the quote from President Bloomingdale. We had a State of the Union show last week and an hour with Rick, Rick Bloomingdale, and, and uh, we had Wendell Young call in. And certainly uh, it was an amazing segment, and, and uh, we learned so much from him. I want to thank him for being our, our guest last week. And more of that audio on, uh, on the uh, podcast page, Jay doc uh, oh, yeah. as we continue and we roll on uh, to push the message along uh, uh, on a Saturday night, on a beautiful Saturday night uh, here uh, in Philadelphia, City Councilman at Large, David O. Uh, very kind of you, sir, to join us for the entire uh, hour of the big show tonight. My pleasure. Thanks for having me here. Well, we, we expected you probably would be here because you were in critical condition on thir- on Wednesday <laughs> yeah. night in surgery and then on time for work on Friday. So, yes, yes. You know, I mean, you, my guy. <laughs> He's a tough guy. Army tough. That, that's right. Listen, and that's the thing. David's a, a, a major supporter of our armed forces, of our police, of, of, of victims' rights. And let's talk about victims' rights, sure. uh, David. And let's talk about solutions to situations like this. What does this what does this incident happened to you happening to you um you know what does that do for your motivation and 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 you know moving forward to make sure there are changes and what are the solutions well the main thing that has happened in terms of how i've been impressed is just the outpouring of support so many people sending support i was really and am very surprised by it very uh very, uh, um, you know, uh, touched by it and, and, and really challenged to do a better job for the people. And that's for everybody um, from top to bottom. And so, you know, when we look at the building blocks of what makes a, a safe community, um, you know, we look at uh, things like uh, hopefulness, jobs, um, opportunity to fulfill yourself and doing that right where you live. 
educa- education and training, of course, so important. But then you have to have a safe community. People have to be able to go outside, walk along, go to a night uh, a, a place that's open late at night without fear of being attacked or harmed, things like that. And that helps people flourish and interact. That's about tolerance and interfacing. And so we need a good police force, an intelligent police force, doing the right thing and following the law. And then we need to have the prosecutors doing a good job and the defense attorneys being well-equipped to defend the, the individuals. No one wants to have a system where innocent people are convicted of crimes. But at the same time, we have to have an intelligent process where people who are uh, incarcerated are not just wasting away and becoming even worse than they were before. And so intelligence is important to our criminal justice system. Councilman, it is fitting that my maiden show has a Republican on it, considering <laughs> yes. that we're on 1210 The Big Talker. Yes. Right? Yes. You don't know what the heck's going on here, do you? <laughs> no, no. He's going to wake up, he's pitching uh, him right, right now. I, I don't like the circumstances, but I like that you're here, because I can ask you a question about bipartisanship at the state level. Sure. Because we don't get to where you want to go unless we have people willing to cross the aisle to solve really big problems, the big problems of uh, school funding, Yes, uh, but also the problems of of change in the schools when you give the funding. What are you What are you giving it for? And secondly, job training and good jobs. So, what do you have to say about that? How, who are we going to get at the state level to infuse Philadelphia and other cities of its kind so that we can get away from this violent culture? Well, I think uh, one of the things that we, at least in my humble opinion, one of the things we're challenged to do is is uh, to to look at our leaders. Um, uh, to come up with the solutions, uh, the main thing a leader should do for the people that they lead is to come up with innovative, practical, true, tried um, solutions to bring new methods uh, to to solving tough, tough, tough problems. And I, I think uh, at that point in time, you take a lot of the, the veneer off of things. You take a lot of the labels, a lot of the uh, the rhetoric out, and then you have people trying to solve problems that affect the people they represent. And that's when you can get people working together. A second thing we need to do is we need to have the voters who appreciate that, who appreciate uh, people getting together, working things out, putting together the best things that they can, and being humble enough to, to, to adopt and take from some things that are that are proven to work best. But it's difficult to do that when we appeal to the base level of the masses to win elections, right? Uh, particularly primary elections are ran to the left on the Democratic side and to the right on the Republican side. And then how do you govern in the middle after you had all this red meat for the followers? So we have to figure that out. I think at the, the Philadelphia Building Trades, we have a great leader, and we figure that out every day. We're very bipartisan. We look at the problem, and we look at four solutions. We don't care if it's a Republican solution or a Democratic solution. We look for solutions to the problems, and our unions are a lot more like businesses today than they were in yesteryear, and we even need to do a better job of creating that business-friendly environment, and we're on our way to doing that. Good stuff. I'll give you the last word, Councilman, before we say goodbye. Well, uh, I will say it's a challenge for everyone. If we don't as a nation, if we don't as a state, if we don't as a city do exactly that, uh, work together to overcome what challenges we have when there are so many competitors out there, they're going to eat our lunch. Councilman, City Councilman at large, David O., 
with us live in the studio for the entire big show. So nice to have you in the studio. Thank, Thank you so you much. Very much. All right, stay in stay in the good Lord's hands. Will yes, you stay I will. blessed? Thank you. Uh, Ryan Boyer making his maiden voyage. J Doc, I'll come to you in just a moment. Uh, but Ryan, uh, you made it through the first uh, the first Saturday Night Live here uh, on Talk Radio twelve ten. First brother. Saturday Night Live. I'll come back. <laughs> Thank I'll be back every week. When right. you come back, I will bring a lot of food. I will bring it from my place next week. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. We got some competition here, man. Got some competition. Uh, well, now, you well, may have to eat some soul food. I'm though. into it, brother. Okay. I'm into it. Uh, I'm wearing a Kango, brother. No, 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 yeah, no, issues, no issues on this end. Uh, it's uh, Saturday Night Live welcoming Ryan Boyer, uh, the business manager of Labor's District Council, uh, here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. J-Doc, I give you uh, 45 to 60 uh, seconds to uh, kind of recap uh, uh, tonight's edition. Well, I want to thank Frank's Pizza in East Falls, one of my favorite places on the planet. I want to shout food. out to Big Joe. Hey, Big, Big Joe, Joe, I didn't get anything. Jo- listen, Joe Strait was the owner and, 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 the, uh, and, and the whole crew there. Awesome. And I want to welcome Ryan Boyer on the program. Awesome to have you in the big chair, my friend. Thank you. Thank I'm you, looking Joe. forward to the future. Got a lot of great stuff coming. And I'm thankful to God to have our councilman, David O, here. A uh, good friend. I've known him for years. Uh, thank God he's okay. And we really appreciate you coming oh, into the thank studio. Thank you very much. My right. pleasure. Good stuff. Also, special thanks to Larry Krasner, Democratic candidate for the DA's office, uh, joining us here uh, and part of the big show. Ryan, I give you, as we always do, when you sit in the big chair, uh, you do get last word. Uh, so you get 45 seconds, my friend, uh, just to put a cap, uh, put an exclamation point on tonight's maiden voyage. Well, the maiden voyage was great, and I, too, thank Larry Krasner and Councilman O. And I thank you, Joe Crouch and Joe Doc, for welcoming me in and, you know, orchestrating this show with great precision. And I think the big talk of 1210 for inviting labor on to give a counterbalance to what we hear here all day. But, you know, we're one America, one country, one Philadelphia, and we're just looking for solutions to problems. We may look at it a different way, but we're all Americans. All right. Well done. Well, well said. Well done and well said. It's Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We're presented by Weinerman Pain and Wellness, serious doctors for serious injuries. We're powered by Pond Lahaki, Stern, and Giordano. J-Doc, did you want to say something? No, man, I just want to thank everybody for being on the show. Oh, okay. and, 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 you, you, you interrupted Norman. me. There. I wasn't well, sure what you were doing. I was looking at the, shrimp, the rest of the Stromboli over there, Joe. Sorry <laughs> right. about that. Thanks. Special thanks to, dibs on it. Yes, uh, special <laughs> thanks to Frank's Pizza. Uh, we thank uh, Tony uh, and John back in the studio for making it all happen. Stay tuned for the Dan Loney Show. Coming up on Saturday Night Live here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. On behalf of J-Doc, on behalf of Ryan Boyer, on behalf of the councilman, I'm Joe Krause. We'll see you next time. I seen that open space. I hope you're saving that for medical marijuana because I'm a big fan. I'm, I'm a big fan of that, and I just want to let you know we're talking big numbers. We're talking, as you know, they're talking trillions, but we're talking mucho billions around here of unionized pension money. I haven't heard in six weeks one conversation about Russia yet. That's the reality. They come to me about jobs. They come to me a little bit about Obamacare, but they don't come to me about Russia. And with Philadelphia jumping out of the seams as a hospitality town, we need our transportation to be clean efficient, safe, and on time. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management.